Driving back to Crimson Lake, I went through the James Cook University campus, thinking I'd stop at the co-op and see if they had copies of Scully's books. The concrete campus was nestled in the curve of lush green hills, a secret garden of manicured lawns being used here and there by man-sized kangaroos as lounging spots. I parked and followed the wide pathways shaded by curved corrugated roofs, past the big glass cube of the dentistry building where I could look in on white-jacketed students taking notes, playing with white pieces of machinery at white tables. I felt a little sad pressing between the young students returning from the cafeteria. The campus was very much like the Goulburn Police Academy. I remembered my youthful ambition, my keen desire to be a justice maker. All of that was gone now. The air conditioning inside the co-op was a relief. It didn't take long to find a pile of copies of Burn, Scully's first, under a sign from management expressing the bookstore's dismay at the disappearance of the much-loved local author. I took a copy and weighed it in my hands, flipped through the pages. I supposed I should get them all. It was possible there were clues to Jake's vanishing in them, in any of them, but I'd always been a fast reader and wasn't intimidated. I headed down the fiction aisle and scooped up a stack from the end of the row, checked the book list in the latest one to make sure I had all four. On the way back to the counter, I browsed the bookish things section, admiring the mugs and book cushions, the literary-themed dolls. I picked up a stuffed Edgar Allan Poe and thought about buying it for Lillian. I'd really liked Poe as a teenager. Maybe I'd encourage her to read some as she entered those people-hating years when the lure of the Gothic takes hold. And then I remembered it was possible I wouldn't see Lillian ever again. That was the reality. Even though my charges had been dropped, people would get in the way of me seeing her while she was a child. If Kelly herself didn't step up to stop me, her parents would. All it would take is one visit from child protection officers to deem me unsafe. Officially, they'd probably say it was something about my home, its bare and hazardous state, the vigilantes who targeted it. Maybe they'd say that as a private investigator I'd attracted the kind of dangerous people into my life that precluded the safe care of children. If they couldn't find anything they could photograph or video or point to on paper, they'd say they found me in an agitated state when they visited and they'd order a psychological evaluation. I'd have to get a magistrate to undo any restrictions they imposed on me. It was that easy to stop someone from seeing their child. I knew. I'd seen it happen to drug dealers. Their vindictive ex-wives calling in anonymous tips about the men to hotlines, taking photos of them drunk to submit to judges. I placed the doll back on the shelf. Beyond the head of black woolen curls, I spied a familiar face and locked onto it, grateful for the instant pull away from the edge of a dark place. The face was on a book cover. It was Amanda. Murder in the Top End, The Slaying of Lauren Freeman. I put my books down and plucked the paperback from between two stacks of gangster anthologies. The cover shot of Amanda was in profile as she was led from what looked like a courthouse, wrists cuffed to a belt at the waist of a royal blue prison tracksuit. 
The collarbone that peeked through the neck of the oversized jumper was untattooed. Amanda's hair was longer, blow-dried for court into a conservative bob under her chin. She had the stricken girl on the edge look of a young Joanne Lees heading towards the media circus after the disappearance of Peter Falconio. The same strangely distant eyes. I ran my fingers over the embossed lettering and felt guilty. I turned the book over and found a picture of Lauren Freeman, Amanda's victim, on the back cover below the blurb. She was a very angular girl, a collection of sharp points to her face, the chin, the tips of the ears, the upward tilt to the corners of her eyes. She looked almost wolfish.